Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Watch out, people. This is a hostage situation. Oh, let me go. I'm going to get people to subscribe to my Patreon at patreon.com slash Matthew Donald. Or damn it, this old lady gets it. Please. Please don't hurt me. I've been a widow since 1947. I would love to see my great-granddaughter graduate college. Quiet, you. Oh, no. At patreon.com slash Matthew Donald, you can find bonus content for both my shows, The Ritwit and Paleobites. For the Paleobites bonus content, we discuss pop culture featuring prehistoric animals. And this month, we're talking about the classic 90s sitcom Friends. Oh, I love that show. The ladies and I watch that every Tuesday night before bingo. Quiet, you old bag! Oh, no! Now, I bet you're wondering, what the hell does that have to do with paleontology? There's no dinosaurs in that. <laughs> you forget, though, that Ross, one of the six lead characters, and probably the lead character, although none of them are lead characters in a technical sense, as it's an ensemble. Yes, it is! Shut up! Oh. But he is a paleontologist, and there are quite a few episodes that have to deal with his paleontological work. I mean, you know, he doesn't go on a dig or anything, but he and Rachel first sleep together in the Homo Habilis exhibit. So how much more paleontological can he get, honestly? Going at it like animals, like their Homo Habilis ancestors. Link is in the description. Thank you for support. Have a good day. Except for you, you old lady, because if you don't subscribe to my Patreon, this old lady will get it, I swear to God. Oh, I've broken free from my confines. I'm going to whack you with my handbag. You've been a bad boy. Your mother would be very disappointed in you. Subscribe to my Patreon. Roar. Growl. Snarl. Bellow. Welcome to Paleobites, the podcast that's like that drawing of ape evolving into man, but in reverse. <laughs> My name is Matthew Dahl, and each week I and a rotating series of guest co-hosts talk about and rate a genius of prehistoric animal, be it dinosaur, mammal, arthropod, and so on. This week I'm joined by someone who saw the edges of the flat earth <laughs> and is now currently held hostage. I was on, was it? You're on witness protection right now. Wait, we aren't supposed to talk about this. That's where your voice sounds like this. You're on the witness protection program. <laughs> <laughs> this is witness I saw the flat earth and then like, I can't say anything. It's Natasha Crack. How are you? Hey, I'm doing well. That's good. That's good. How was the flat earth? Tell us all about it. I'm sorry, that is classified. That's been redacted. You know, someone... Redacted? I saw a funny Twitter post that was like, you know, the flat earth is real. What dinosaurs just live on the other side and we're just burying up their... De- <laughs> getting their dead. <laughs> 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 like, <laughs> 
Well, that's a new one. Oh, that's still like the one where it's like, this is why dinosaurs went extinct on the flat Earth. The meteor came in, and then it hit the flat Earth, and it just made the whole Whee! thing like a seesaw. All the dinosaurs just go flying into space. So the meteor made the dinosaurs go yeet. Yep, they yeeted the dinosaurs, and now they're currently in Jupiter or something. They're on Uranus. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. Uh, Uranus, like like the people who come up with that flat Earth stuff. Guys, we've known the Earth is round since the days of Magellan. <laughs> Get yeah, over it! Before then, like there were some. It was either an ancient Greek or something like that. They calculated the radius of the Earth within a couple feet. I'm thinking of uh, Pythagoras. <laughs> I bet he'll have the right angle. <laughs> but a psh. anyway, so our mathematically oriented listeners will enjoy that one. Uh, you know, math is just dumb. Like, what is it that's like, I see these facts that are like, you know, if you were able to fold a piece of paper in half 50 times, it would reach the sun. And I'm like, no, it wouldn't. No, it wouldn't. <laughs> no. Like, even, it's like, oh, but if you look at, like, logarithmic stuff, and you're like, that's how it would work. No. Oh, the only way that's possible is through math, which proves to me that math is bullshit. <laughs> 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 like, <laughs> or like Graham's number is the largest number ever defined. I'm like, okay, how about Graham's number plus one? <laughs> there we go. It's the biggest one. Graham's number to the power of Graham's number. <laughs> oh, it has its place. I suppose it does, but man, I'm, I still actually no, I don't have that shirt anymore because it's faded like crazy. But I used to have a shirt that says, "I'm an English major. You do the math," <laughs> <laughs> and I stand by that. <laughs> Math can be cool. Uh, it can be, and it serves a purpose. Oh no, it definitely serves a purpose. It's just not for someone like me. <laughs> like I'm not, I'm not saying math is worthless. Of course it's not. But for me, I'm just like, yeah. So, <laughs> if you could replace math with a dinosaur, <laughs> the dinosaur-related question: Which one? What is wrong with me? <laughs> what are these questions? <laughs> what? what? <laughs> ah. Math can't be replaced with a dinosaur. It's a theoretical concept that seems to run our world right dinosaurs now. Dinosaurs aren't theoretical concepts. We don't know they were real. No, we don't know they were real. <laughs> oh, we know they were real. Yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> so rather than teaching two plus two equals four, we teach... Two plus two equals fish. Deal with it. Oh, that's true. It does. It's abstract math. <laughs> uh, speaking of fish, that, that question was nonsense. I'm just going to skip over it. We're talking about ichthyostega. <laughs> nice. Or fish roof. As in, like, I guess, like... Uh, a fish at the roof of the water going onto land? I don't know why I was calling that. I don't that. know. Uh, type it is a stegocephalian, a clade of stem tetrapods that also include their amphibian descendants and all modern tetrapods. Yes, that means us too. <laughs> I wonder if how good of a pickup line that would be. How are you doing, fellow stegocephalian? <laughs> um, I work in the paleontology circles. Yeah, I was going to say, like, it wouldn't work on 99.99% of girls at the bar, but you encounter that one dork that loves paleontology and is incredibly knowledgeable about it. It probably still wouldn't work, but hey, you'd have a much better shot. Stegocephalian. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like, like this is so far back that it's not even technically considered a true amphibian yet. Despite appearances. Yeah. Pretty big, though. Size 4 to 5 feet, so that's 1.2 to 1.5 meters long. <laughs> so it's a nice-sized creature. Yeah, four, 45 to 50 pounds, 22 to 24 kilograms. Like, have you ever seen a Japanese giant salamander? Yes. Oh, uh, it's kind of like that in size. Yeah, like, that's... Bit spooky. Like there's something otherworldly about those giant amphibians. <laughs> yeah, but they are really cool. And you know that sadly the Japanese giant salamander's critically endangered right now. Yeah. Thankfully the Japanese are ferociously protective over them. They're not eating them like oh, they no. do with the pufferfish. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, 
And you know, I question that decision regularly. Yeah, fugu. Fugu. Yeah, you have a thing of fugu. It could kill you. I mean, but to be fair, I drink soda. That's definitely going to kill me someday. <laughs> yeah, but that's slower and kinder compared to the tetrodotoxin contained yeah. in fugu. Yeah, I guess that's true. Okay, then I guess it's all right. <laughs> Uh, diet is a carnivore. Uh, time late Devonian, three hundred sixty-five to three hundred sixty million years ago. So quite a ways ago. And the Devonian was full of some weird creatures. Yep. Uh, this is actually when like trees were first starting to evolve. But sharks had already been around for fifty million years. <laughs> That's right. Sharks are older than trees, guys. Well, it's always a fun fact to uh, bring up for trivia. Yeah, it's and weird... it blows most people's minds, yeah. except for our listeners. Yeah, no, they are. They know, know better. They know. They know so well. They listen to this podcast. Like, why am I still listening to this nonsense podcast? I listen to a serious podcast. They love us for our tangents. I guess that's true. Like, you know, what is it? Like, I know Dino, that super large dinosaur podcast that is. Helpfully, I cross promoted with them. That was nice. But their podcast is a lot more serious than ours. Nice. So good on them. That's not this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, location: Greenland. You know, we were talking about Vikings earlier, like in a couple episodes ago. <laughs> we did kind of get off on a short Viking tangent, didn't we? Yeah, in Greenland. That's, you know, actually I've read, you know, some people are like, oh, it's Greenland. It's called Greenland. Iceland. It's called Iceland to try and confuse people. It's actually, actually, I've heard back in the day, Greenland was a lot more green than it is now. <laughs> like back during the Viking times. You know, for some reason that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. And Greenland is just a desolate wasteland now. <laughs> I did watch an interesting video about like filming... Uh, you know how a lot of times when there's like a uh, a movie that takes place in Greenland, like the recent Gerard Butler movie Greenland, <laughs> it's about an asteroid that's gonna hit the Earth. It's too late to stop it, so they have to get to bunkers or whatever. It's uh, actually a pretty gripping movie, but it's very clearly filmed in Iceland. <laughs> nice. This is because it's easier to film in Iceland. But there's like this this thing was talking about like how if you film on location, you film in places that are easier and you can get better crew. So like if your film takes place in Greenland, it makes more sense to film in Iceland. But if your film takes place in Antarctica, it makes more sense to film in Greenland. <laughs> What? Just what? <laughs> I mean, I get that Antarctica is barely inhabited, except by scientists. Oh, uh, mad scientists! I know somebody who went down there a couple times and did some six-month stints down there. Oh yeah, well that's because like once it reaches like that, there's like a brief like three-month window where you can leave the continent or come back. Yeah. Uh, because but other than that, like it's too cold for planes to fly. It's the ice is too thick for ships, so you're stuck there. Basically, yeah. Yeah, which means uh, don't get a life-threatening injury. <laughs> <laughs> Although, from what I understand, those Antarctic stations are pretty darn well equipped. That's true. I guess if they did, they probably have a doctor there. So Probably. <laughs> Someone who doubles as a doctor and does other things. But, uh, yeah, that's just so fascinating. I feel like you're more isolated than like you are on the International Space Station down there. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't be surprised if that was actually a true fact. Yeah. Ugh. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One of these days we'll talk about Cryolophosaurus, the big Antarctic dinosaur. <laughs> That'll be a fun one. It will be. Uh, all right, so uh, Ichthyostega was described in 1932, pop culture appearances. The TV show Animal Armageddon features one of these in its second episode. And it's also in Jurassic World, the game, because of course it is. <laughs> it's a legendary amphibian in that game and can be combined with a Rajasaurus that I mentioned in another episode <laughs> earlier <laughs> to form the super hybrid Rajastega. <laughs> I'm working on leveling up my Raja Sega to the max so I can be good at all the tournaments, and that way I won't have to spend more money to beat all of them. But really, it's my own fault for spending money on this game. I should know better, but I just love it so much. <laughs> yeah, I'm in an abusive relationship with this game. <laughs> <laughs> it's my fault, really, that I'm spending money on it. Like, <laughs> I love it. When it exploits me in all its evil, predatory, capitalistic ways, I blame myself for falling for it, but I gotta keep playing! <laughs> <laughs> That sounds like me and my obsession with yarn. Uh, well, yarn just—I mean, I guess I was about to say yarn isn't that expensive. But yarn can be expensive. I it guess. can be. Yeah. It can. You don't be, have to spend for some of the nicer stuff. You don't have to spend ten dollars though on fake currency so you can level up your dinosaurs with it. True. <laughs> it's, it's always like, okay, I'll just I'll spend money on this this one time, but then they make it so that. Once you know you do accomplish a goal, there'll be another goal, and make it time sensitive. Like ah, I, I gotta spend more money. Ah, ah, ah. It's evil. I swear, a lot of these games do that yep. on purpose. That's obnoxious. It's super obnoxious, but they make them super rich, so they'll keep doing it. <laughs> so you know how the fish first started crawling onto the ocean? They they looked at the empty land and were like, "Wow, there's no one here. Just a few plants and insects." And then they planted their amphibian flag onto dry land and claimed it for themselves. <laughs> That's exactly how it happened. I should know. I was there. <laughs> I'm the last high, anyway. <laughs> uh, notice how I said fish, though, and not amphibian, because this wasn't a truly an amphibian. Uh, in fact, true modern amphibians, the members of the group Lysamphibia, didn't actually appear until the Triassic. <laughs> so all of those Europs and Prionosuchus fans just have to accept the fact that they weren't actually amphibians. <laughs> or at least there weren't any modern amphibians. Presumably from a biological standpoint, they, they fulfilled all the requirements. <laughs> However, Ichthyostega predates even that, although it had legs with toes, seven toes per foot, in fact. <laughs> Polydactylism. Nifty. Uh, yep. Uh, it was actually incapable of walking on them like a proper quadruped, and as it lacked the rotary muscle range necessary for such an action, that means it probably used its limbs to drag itself forward like a mudskipper. <laughs> I mean, mudskippers are pretty incredible fish. They are, but they're also not five feet long, so no. <laughs> and 50 pounds. How do they do that? <laughs> Uh, but, like, it makes sense that this whole early land crawler thing it had going for it, like that brand it had going for it to be like, whoop, whoop. <laughs> <laughs> In the water, though, uh, Ichthyostega swam mainly with its tail while using its limbs more for steering and braking, much like a fish. Uh, or these days, any other marine reptile or mammal. That's true. Well, it's just like, you know, there's all different types of swimming. It depends on, like, how much you use your fins versus how much you use your tail. It depends mm -hmm. on how fast you're going versus how maneuverable you're going, you know? Yeah. Like, with this, it had such a long tail, so therefore Ichthyostega could probably move pretty fast in the water, but with stubby limbs, it probably wasn't very maneuverable. Probably so, not. So just imagine an Ichthyostega torpedo just zipping through the water. <laughs> <laughs> just... One direction. Pew! Yeah, watch out for that tree! <laughs> Slams into a swamp branch underwater. I did not expect a George the Jungle reference in this episode about freaking Ichthyostega. <laughs> but these riding fingers just go by themselves. I have no idea what crap they'll crap out sometimes. <laughs> well, and they create the tangents that everybody loves us for. Well, that's just more my crazy brain. Why do you guess this does too? But, like, <laughs> man. 
But yeah, no, Atheistica, it's, it's like, I've heard it's more like a seal than like an amphibian, kind of in how it acted, mm-hmm. which is pretty interesting. <laughs> Considering seals were many millions of years away. Many, many millions of years away. And seals, like, are, like, closely related to dogs, which is kind of weird. There's, like, the caniforma. This is completely unrelated. <laughs> there's the caniforma, and there's the filiforma of uh, the carnivora group of mammals. Mm-hmm. And these aren't just cats and dogs. These are dogs and their close relatives and cats and their close relatives. So dogs and close relatives. Other caniforma include bears, mustelids, and seals and sea lions. Nice. While filiforma include cats, hyenas, meerkats, fusas. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm talking about that in another episode. It's probably come out now. A friend of the show, Lexi, wanted to talk about it. the first cat, Proalurus. Noise. This ichthyostega comes out. Oh, wow, my schedule goes out far. <laughs> We're recording in December, guys. The world could be over by then. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've encountered some people who think we really don't have much time left. I mean, there's always people who think we don't have much time left. And then the world just keeps on chugging along. So not to say yeah. we shouldn't worry about things and fix things, but... <laughs> But, you know, we can't freak out about it. You know, I I often worry about uh, gamma ray bursts. (laughs) The cosmic snipers. Yeah, but if one of those is going to hit us, we're not going to see it coming. not going to see it coming because it moves at the speed of light. It'll just fry the Earth immediately. There's just at any moment, we can all just go dead. (laughs) At any moment. I think I saw a documentary once, or a short blip on one star that might potentially do it. Yeah. And, ironically enough, it's in the constellation of Sagittarius. Oh, wow. It's a double star called WR-104. Oh. The big star is what's known as a Wolf-Ryat star. Oh, this sounds terrifying. What's really cool, I remember hearing about Wolf-Ryat stars, is they are short-lived. They burn very, very bright. Yeah. Their supernovae are something else. Yeah. Um, Often they do create black holes or gamma ray bursts uh, or so, neutron stars they uh, have some of the more spectacular explosions. i mean the nice thing is that like a, a gamma ray burst is a line and space is so big that to be aimed precisely at us yeah and apparently earth is very close to its path uh, so wrong place wrong time it could happen uh, uh, but you know also what a about, star's lifetime versus a human lifetime. yeah that's true it could be yes yeah, soon and by soon it could be millions and millions of years from now but uh, still yeah. soon the human race could be out in space oh yeah by then. and then we'll just be like what's that ah! <laughs> 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 oh man uh beetlejuice the star is predicted to go out at any moment. Oh, yeah. It's on Orion. Yes, uh, that's a star that I'm very familiar with identifying. Yeah, so I hope it comes... I mean, it probably won't go out in our lifetime, but it'd be so cool if it did, because it's far enough Mm -hmm. away that it wouldn't be any damage to us. No, but we would definitely see it during the day. We would see it during the day, and then after it's over, after I think like a couple weeks... Give or take. Yeah, then the constellation Orion suddenly is missing a star. Yeah. (laughs) And that'd be so cool. Like, Here's another fun fact, since we're on this astronomy tangent. Yeah, for Ichthyostega, the fish, yes. (laughs) But... Yes, go if on. If you look up at the night sky and stare long enough, you'll notice that some of the stars do appear to have colors. And yes. you can judge their age by that. Beetlejuice is a red giant. Yes. And it does appear very, very red. Yes. On the other side of Orion is another star is called po- Rigel. Rigel, and that's very blue. Rigel's very blue. Rigel's yeah. young. Yeah, I don't know if 
Does color have anything to do with age? I thought it was just more the type of star it was. It does have to do with age and temperature and what. Well, I know being... it has to do with temperature, but I just didn't know. It also has to do with what's being fused into what. Yeah, because like our star is a yellow dwarf star, is what yes. it's called. So and it's in the middle of its life. Yes. Although that doesn't necessarily mean it's five billion years in the future before life won't evolve. Yeah. It is still growing in luminosity. After like six hundred million years in the future, there won't be any multicellular life on Earth anymore, <laughs> which is sad. Yeah. But yes, if you look at the stars, you can determine, well, you get an idea of roughly how old they are. And hey, if you look at the stars, you know, long enough, and like you have a mirror that's like, say, let's see, how long ago was this? 360 million years ago. So you have one that's like 180 million light years away, had a mirror, bounced it back, you would see Nicktheostega. <laughs> that is cool. <laughs> yep. In a way, looking up at the stars is a way of looking back in time. Yes, it is. Because for now, we know that... The speed of light is the universal limiting factor. Yeah, we probably know Beetlejuice could already be gone. It probably it actually already is gone. It likely it is. So, but somehow they know, like, you know, like the Pillars of Creation, that, that, that one nebula, it's very famous. Yes, that one. S- somehow we know that it was destroyed 6,000 years ago. Uh, you would have to ask an astrophysicist on that. But it's 7,000 light years away, which means we only have 1,000 years left to enjoy it. <laughs> How do they know that? I don't know. <laughs> Let, let's go ask an astrophysicist. Or better yet, there's another podcast by Neil deGrasse Tyson called Star, Star Talk. Star Talk. Star Talk. You know, if, if I could get paleobites any form of legitimacy. Neil deGrasse Tyson, <laughs> come on the show. <laughs> if you were a consultant for the Ice Age movie, <laughs> Collision Course, how much do you need? I'll pay you to get on here. <laughs> Neither of us has that kind of money. Nope, I don't. Subscribe to my Patreon listeners. <laughs> Give me that kind of money. <laughs> Anyways. All right, let's rate Atheosteca. One out of 65 million. I don't like, in terms of like the big evolutionary step it was, it honestly deserves at least a 50 million for that. But If not 55 million for that. Yeah, something that could rate like 56 million. Like, just yeah, a, that bit, sounds good. Like one small step for proto-amphibian, one giant leap for tetrapoda. <laughs> like, it really was, though, when like, you think about it. It would yeah. help kick off so many evolutionary lines. It's incredible. Yep. <laughs> And it all went downhill so fast when humans came along. If we go back in time, I could go to that ichthyostega and kick it in the face and make it go swarming back on the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> then I come back and crab people have taken over the earth. <laughs> Very likely. <laughs> Everything keeps evolving into crabs is what the uh, internet is latching Carcinization into. is the term. It's happened at least five separate times. <laughs> so why not crab people? Uh <laughs> All right, well, that's it for this week. <laughs> if you want to get a hold of the show, you can contact us at Matthew D at Matthew Don Creator for original questions to either co-host. You can follow me on social media at Matthew Don Creator on Facebook, at Matthew Don 64 on Twitter, and Matthew Don 64 on Instagram. I have a book series on Amazon, Megazoic, available for print and Kindle. Absolutely no ichthyostega in it. That was well, well before when Megazoic takes place. Something doesn't stop me from mentioning some creatures back then. I didn't mention the Permian period in like the final book about like the big extinction of it. So I don't know. Who knows? Read it and find out. <laughs> <laughs> also, have a podcast called The Ritwit where two twits, me and Matt David, talked about ridding. Matt David still refuses to get on the show because he's like, I don't know anything about dinosaurs. I'm like, most of my hosts don't know anything about dinosaurs. It's a good dynamic that we have. <laughs> I use Wikipedia. Yeah, like, like you're up on the top tier of the people who know about dinosaurs. You, Stephen, and Lawrence. Uh, Laura and Lexi and Christina, love them all. They don't know squat about dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> but I have a good dynamic with all of them, so, <laughs> so I keep them on, um, and they're fun. And I have some other people, too, that I ha- 
have. So, all right, well, that's it for this week. If this is at the end of every episode of Paleo Bites, this thing probably didn't make any noises. Probably not. Splash, splash, splishy splash. <laughs> Moving its tail. Then it plants its flag. Like, I claim this land <laughs> in the name of the Stegocephalians. <laughs> all right, bye. Enjoy your day, folks. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.